48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Tens of thousands of people log on to a new reporting platform for people who test positive for COVID using rapid antigen tests. The Fire Services Department says it's received more than 4,000 messages on a WhatsApp hotline for people who've tested positive. And the Financial Secretary says the planned three-month moratorium on commercial rents won't be extended. Tens of thousands of people have logged onto a newly launched reporting platform for those who test positive for COVID via rapid antigen tests. The online reporting platform started operating at 6pm and three hours later the website showed a queuing number of more than 240,000. But it ran smoothly and waiting times of under a minute were reported. But in announcing its launch, Dr Edwin Choi from the Centre for Health Protection said this was expected. For the new the rapid antigen test platform, because the rapid antigen test is quite a popular and easy to use uh, test in Hong Kong, and uh, it gives a relatively sens- sensitive result. So it is a very good tool to be employed at home for an early detection and early isolation to curb the spread of disease in the community. So um, we expect there will be a surge of reports. The health authorities earlier reported a further drop in the daily number of COVID cases to 25,150, though this does not include those who tested positive using a rapid test. The hospital authority says two children with COVID died this morning, an eight-year-old girl with thyroid problems and a four-year-old girl with heart problems. The fatalities were announced as health officials revealed that 161 people with COVID had died over the past day, up from yesterday's figure of 153. Respiratory medicine specialist Leung Chi Chu said although the CHP figure does not include those who had tested positive via rapid tests, a decreasing trend shows the Omicron outbreak might have reached its peak. He said mandatory mass testing at some public housing blocks also showed the curve had been flattened. It's good news, but it's still uh, a very high figure, and we should try to uh, maximize the use of uh, our newly built isolation facilities to hasten the further decline uh, of the Omicron wave. And furthermore, the mortality figure may let be high uh, by one to two weeks at least, and so uh, we might uh, still be seeing further rise in uh, mortality figures in, in the coming week. The Fire Services Department says it has received more than 4,000 inquiries on a hotline that opened yesterday for people who have tested positive for COVID and want to arrange isolation. Anyone who tests positive can send a WhatsApp or WeChat message to the hotline as long as they have no symptoms or their symptoms are mild. An assistant director of the department, Wong Chun Yip, said details of over 300 cases had already been passed on to the anti-epidemic bus team for transfer. Mr Wong urged people not to abuse the system. Many people who have done a rapid test urgently want to go to a community isolation facility because they don't want to stay at home or their living environment is unsuitable for home isolation. We set up this hotline in the hope of helping these patients so isolation facilities can be arranged for them as soon as possible and they won't have to put themselves or their family members at risk. So we urge the public to make good use of this platform. When we hear from them, we shall also call them to verify their situation. And the hotline number is 5233-1833. That's 5233-1833. 
The financial secretary says the planned three-month moratorium on commercial rents won't be extended. In announcing the scheme in last month's budget, Paul Chan said it could be lengthened for another three months if necessary. He was asked by lawmakers whether there would be any safeguards once the three-month protection period had ended. As for what should be done after the three-month period, it will be difficult to impose strict regulations because tenants and landlords will have had different arrangements regarding the rent during the three-month protection period, which is flexible. So it's not suitable to take a hard approach. As to whether there will be more assistance for tenants, legislating rent waivers is not feasible. Under the plan, landlords won't be allowed to take legal action against businesses that fall behind on rent during the current COVID crisis, nor will they be able to evict them. The weather forecast, fine and dry, rather cool tomorrow morning, with a minimum temperature of about 14 degrees in urban areas. Currently 19 degrees Celsius, humidity 43%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Transport Chief Frank Chan says public transport won't be shut down completely during the upcoming citywide COVID testing exercise, but he says frequency will be reduced. That story from Jimmy Choi. The The Secretary for Transport and Housing says there will not be a complete halt of public transport services during the exercise later this month. Speaking on a radio show, Frank Chan says public transport is crucial to many people who need to travel to work to provide essential services, such as those in the medical and financial sectors. He added that public transport is also needed to send people who test positive to isolation facilities, as well as to send resources to people in need, such as elderly people living alone. Mr Chan did say the frequency and capacity of public transport will be reduced. The transport chief also revealed that the government will consider allowing one person from each family to head out to buy daily necessities during the mass testing. He said overseas countries also have similar arrangements, and officials will ensure that people have the food and daily necessities they need. And assistance will be provided to people and families in need, such as through a support hotline. Mr Chan said details of the plan will be announced when they're ready. Researchers say the prevalence of sexual violence against women in Hong Kong has not improved in the past decade. Their latest survey highlighted how serious the issue is, with 37% of respondents saying they had experienced sexual violence in their lives. Over a quarter of the 1,044 women aged from 15 to 64 that Lingnan University's Department of Sociology and Social Policy spoke to last year said they had experienced violence inflicted by their intimate partners. This ranged from sexual assault to verbal abuse. Professor Annie Chan, a lead researcher, said her survey showed that many victims failed to speak up when or after the violence occurred. So 75% said at the time of the incident, when it occurred, they did not react. So we ran some tests to see if there are any significant differences in the social demographics of those who did and did not react, and we did not find any significant differences. Meaning that for women who experience sexual violence, it's in general very difficult for them to make any reaction at the time. So when we asked the um, respondents why they did not react, many said they did not know how to react, nearly 30%, um, and around 21% said they pretended nothing happened. Or they felt that they forced to accept it, like they could not make a reaction. 
Turning overseas, Russia's attack on Ukraine is now in its 12th day and appears to be intensifying rather than easing. Several cities across Ukraine have come under sustained shelling, with residential areas of Kharkiv targeted. Also under attack are northwestern suburbs of Kyiv, where Russian forces are seeking to break through. The BBC's James Waterhouse reports from the Ukraine capital. We have the rumble of explosions in the background. That marks the end of quite a quiet 24 hours. We've seen fighting in the west yesterday as Russian troops start to advance on the city. And the worry from Ukrainian army chiefs is that they will now look to consolidate, resupply through the border with Belarus and launch an all-out assault on Kiev, on the capital, on their ultimate prize in this so-called special military operation. Military sources in Washington acknowledge that Russian forces have continued to advance, but they say Ukrainian military units are still fighting back. They also say Moscow doesn't yet have full control of Ukrainian airspace. The BBC's Duncan Kennedy has the details. The senior defence officials say there have been limited changes on the ground in Ukraine. Their assessment is that Russian forces have continued their efforts to advance across the north and east, but that they're being met with strong Ukrainian resistance. The officials believe the Russians have now committed 95% of the forces they'd assembled before the invasion began. The officials also say that airspace continues to be contested, but say both sides have taken losses to their aircraft and missile defence systems. The sources say the Russians have now fired around 600 missiles since the start of the conflict. The French President Emmanuel Macron has condemned what he called Vladimir Putin's moral and political cynicism over the issue of humanitarian corridors. He said the whole idea was not serious and he found it unbearable. Earlier, Ukraine rejected the idea of corridors leading to Russia and Belarus. From Kyiv, here's the BBC's Lise Doucette. Humanitarian corridors are now desperately needed. In the southern port city of Mariupol, encircled by Russian forces, there's no electricity or running water. People have run out of food. Dead bodies lie in the streets. But four of these six routes to safety go to Russia in the east or to Belarus, its key ally, to the north. Ukraine has condemned this condition as completely immoral. Meanwhile, Russia is demanding that Ukraine cease military action, change its constitution to enshrine neutrality, acknowledge Crimea as Russian territory and recognise the separatist republics of Donetsk and Lugansk as independent territories. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told Reuters that Moscow had told Kyiv it was ready to halt its military action in a moment if it met its conditions. It's the most explicit Russian statement so far of the terms it wants to impose on Ukraine to halt what it calls its special military operation and came as delegations from the two sides prepared to meet for a third round of talks aimed at ending the war. Russia also confirmed that its foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, will meet with its, his Ukrainian counterpart, Dmitry Kuleba, and Turkey's top diplomat at a forum in Turkey on Thursday. A Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman said the three-way meeting was proposed by the Turkish president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, during a phone call with Vladimir Putin. Foreign Minister Wang Yi says China is also prepared to continue facilitating peace talks between the two sides. He was asked at a press conference whether Beijing could do more to resolve the conflict and whether he was concerned that China's international standing might be diminished for refusing to condemn Russia's actions. He spoke to an interpreter. 
we have always made an independent judgment of the situation and made our position clear based on the merits of the situation in an objective way. As a Chinese proverb puts it, it takes more than one cold day to freeze three feet of ice. The situation in Ukraine has become what it is today for a variety of complex reasons. What is needed to solve complex issues is a cool head and a rational mind, not adding fuel to the fire which only intensifies the situation. To local financial news, the Hang Seng Index finished nearly 4% down today after hitting a near six-year low before recovering some losses. Dickie Wong, head of research at Kingston Securities, said the market had been affected by the Ukraine war. But Mr Wong said he didn't see much downside for the index. Obviously, when we talk about long-term perspective, Hang Seng Index is trading at historical, not the historical lowest level when we talk about the PE multiple, but it's extremely attractive at this moment. So I don't really see so much downside at this moment now. Maybe like um, the tension between um, Russia and Ukraine, the situation will, will obviously affect the overall market sentiment. But at this moment, I don't really see so much downside. In sports, China have dominated the first weekend of the 2022 Winter Paralympic Games. They've won gold medals in skiing, biathlon and snowboarding and sit comfortably atop the medal table with 24 in total. Earlier today, the host claimed a clean sweep in the men's snowboard cross. 19-year-old Ji Li Jia topped the podium with his teammates Wang Peng Yao and Zhu Yonggang taking silver and bronze respectively. The International Gymnastics Federation has launched an investigation into Russia's Ivan Kuliak after he wore a symbol associated with his country's attack on Ukraine on his vest at a medal ceremony in Dubai. Kuliak, who took the bronze in the final of the parallel bars contest, taped the letter Z onto his clothing. The letter has been frequently seen on Russian military vehicles in Ukraine. Gymnastics governing body called Kuliak's behaviour shocking. And Thai police say Australian cricket great Shane Warne died of natural causes, citing the results of an autopsy. Warne, who's 50, who was 52, died in Koh Samui on Friday. Police say his family have accepted the findings. The former assistant director of broadcasting, Forever C, has died at the age of 66. His family members told RTHK they'd been notified by the hospital last night that his blood pressure was dropping. They said the veteran broadcaster had passed away by the time they arrived at the hospital. Mr C had been suffering from throat cancer. He joined RTHK in 1981 and became the number three official at the government broadcaster in 2014. He retired in 2015. And a reminder of our top story, tens of thousands of people log on to a new reporting platform for people who test positive for COVID using rapid antigen tests. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling it's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time Deepening shadows gather splendor as day is done 
into our second hour and just remembering my old mate from years ago forever see what a lovely gentle giant of a man with a heart of gold always approachable for advice and really good company lovely man uh, you want to be in touch it's radio pete at gmail got a one or two requests in jim how are you doing over in the u.s still driving around radio. 